This is the Collector Car Podcast, the home for the auto enthusiast. Join Greg Stanley as he applies over 25 years of insights and analytical experience to the collector car market. He will interview the experts and throw in some fun stuff as well. Happy New Year to all of you. Hey, it's Greg Stanley with the Collector Car Podcast, and I am going to review a whole bunch of information right now. So in preparation for the sale of Steve McQueen's Bullet Mustang at Mecham's Kissimmee Sale next week, I thought I would do a deep, deep dive into the data to ballpark what I think it will sell for. I will calculate the Steve McQueen multiplier. I'll review the highest-selling Mustang Shelby's and famous movie cars of all time and other iconic items of note. All data is sourced from Sports Car Market's Platinum Database, Haggerty's Valuation Tools, and the website links in my blog, which you can find at thecollectorcarpodcast.com. It's all up there right now. Steve McQueen famously drove this dark Highland Green GT390 Fastback in the most famous car chase scene ever in a movie. It has been called the greatest car chase by all the automotive magazines, also by BBC America, Popular Mechanics, Fandango, Napa, CNN, and Reader's Digest. So that's quite a list of folks. Two Mustangs were used, and it has long been thought that one was crushed and lost forever after filming, and that the hero car, the car that's coming up for auction here soon, has been hidden in a barn in Kentucky. Turns out both of those are false. (laughs) About 10 years ago, I tried to find the hero car, When there was an article written in Mustang Monthly around 2007, this half-hearted attempt came up with no luck. I had zero luck trying to find this car. It turns out that both of these cars survived, and the crush car was discovered in Mexico in 2017, and it is currently being restored. It's an interesting story. It was discovered in a restoration shop, being restored as an Eleanor lookalike from the movie Gone in 60 Seconds, and when they ran the VIN number, they realized it was a long-lost quote-unquote crushed car. Now the Meekum car is the hero car and it is unrestored and it came out of hiding a few years ago and it has been on a world tour. It was the 21st car listed on the history vehicle register and for reference there's 26 cars listed and the other movie cars on the register include the Tucker from the movie Tucker obviously. That's not why it's on the register. It just happened to also have a movie about it. And the fake Ferrari from Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Now that was a fake Ferrari Modena. I believe it was with a Corvette engine. It came up for sale last year. Either it sold or it did not sell for under $300,000. I think there was a little bit of concern as to whether or not it was the real fake Ferrari from Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Anyways, to put into perspective how epic of a car auction this is, I'm going to quote a few folks. The first is a Bloomberg article by Hannah Elliott. She said, Bullet is effectively a one-of-one example touched by the golden blessing of car culture's most important god. It has transcended into pop culture with few direct comparisons from which to predict a sale price, which means that how much it actually sells for next month is anyone's guess, and I'm going to make my own guess. Dana Meekum has said Bullet will sell for at least $3 million. A recent Haggerty Magazine article said it would be at least $4 million, And Haggerty's own Jonathan Klinger himself said he expects it could take near to $5 million. This article continues with a quote from Sam Murtaugh, who is Meekum's vice president of marketing. A movie car always has a multiple applied to it, says Murtaugh. When you add the Steve McQueen factor, that multiple effectively goes up exponentially. It varies depending on the item, whether it's a motorcycle or a car he used to own. But in Bullet being in a movie and driven by McQueen, you've got a double multiple going on. Remember that, because that's going to be key at the end of this podcast. And with McQueen, it has always been a multiplier of 10x or 15x. 
We will see in a moment if Steve McQueen cars truly sell 10 to 15 times their value. The current owner, Sean Kernan, does not want to go through the auction process again, so he has listed the car as no reserve, so it will definitely sell on January the 10th. Haggerty also has some interesting quotes about the Mustang. Estimating the value of an iconic car like the Bullet Mustang can be difficult since it's impossible to know just how much someone is willing to pay for a car that is so ingrained in American pop culture and has never been at auction before, particularly one that was driven by the King of Cool in arguably the greatest car chase in movie history. Certainly, that number will be in the millions. There really is no other car to which it can be compared, says automotive expert and author Colin Comer, who is the author of one of my favorite books, which is right behind me as we speak, The Complete Book of Shelby Automobiles. He also said, when you put everything together, a cultural icon Connected to a movie legend, and it's a Mustang, it really stands alone. Then you consider that most people thought it was long gone, destroyed. It was amazing enough when it came out of hiding 18 months ago in near original condition. Now for someone to actually have an opportunity to own it for themselves, a car that McQueen couldn't even buy, this is an unprecedented historic event. Steve McQueen famously tried to get this Mustang back in 1977 by sending a letter to the current owner at the time. And this is a great example of how not to endear yourself to someone who has something that you want. I come from a sales background, and this is a horrible selling pitch. It read, Dear Mr. Kiernan, again, horrible way to start a letter. I would like to appeal to you to get back my 1968 Mustang. I would like very much to keep it in the family in its original condition as it was used in the film, rather than have it restored, which is simply personal with me. So that's okay. He's trying to keep it original. I would be happy to try. There's no guarantees here. I will at least make a phone call, is the way I read that, to find you another Mustang similar to the one you have. If there is not too much money's involved in it, that should have never been written. That's no way to <laughs> get the guy's attention. If there's not too much money's involved in it, I might make an attempt to get you another one. Otherwise, we had better forget it. So that's the worst way to close a sales pitch in the history of selling. With kind disregards, I remain very truly yours, Steve McQueen. So now I'm going to do the impossible, and I'm going to make a very educated guess on what the Bullet Mustang will sell for by analyzing six, yes, I said six, six data sets, current muscle car trends, valuation of a non-Bullet Mustang, the top-selling Mustangs and Shelbys of all time, recent sales results of movie cars, calculating and applying the Steve McQueen multiplier, and reviewing a few iconic items that have sold recently. I'll then throw all of this data into my algonculator to come up with my estimated hammer price, also known as my best guess. Andrus Newton, author of the Haggerty Price Guide Index of American Muscle Cars, stated that of Haggerty's seven primary collector car indices, the muscle car index experienced by far the largest drop in the latest update with an 8% fall. In fact, it is the only index to move more than 2% in either direction. No component cars recorded a gain and nearly half of them fell in value. While all of the Chevrolets in the muscle car index saw drops, the Mopars saw the bigger ones. The 1970s Cuda AAR dropped 18% and the 1970 Hemi Cuda convertible, among the most valuable of all muscle cars, fell 13%. None of this is a cause for panic, however, as most of the significant decreases in the muscle car market, both inside and outside of this index, are for the most expensive cars. Most prices in the broader muscle car market are firm, and the most popular models' popularity among younger enthusiasts 
should at least keep them that way. Of the 15 cars represented, the biggest appreciator was the 1970 Hemi Cuda convertible that he mentioned, which took a $700,000 hit. Now, this is for number one condition. It peaked at $3 million in January of 2016, and it is now at $2.3 million, which is a 23.3% decline. From May to September, it was down $150,000, or 10.3%. If you look at just the Mustang slash Shelby's represented in the index, a 65 Shelby GT350, a 68 GT500 King of the Road, and a 69 Boss 429, they were only down 0.5% for the same time frame. The real bullet Mustang is unrestored, and it shows a lot of surface rust, dents, dings, and other flaws from being thrown around the San Francisco streets in the movie and the additional 50 years of time in a garage. Haggerty describes a number four vehicle as daily drivers with flaws visible to the naked eye. The chrome might have some pitting or scratches, the windshield might be chipped, paintwork is imperfect, and perhaps the body has a minor dent, split seams, or a cracked dash where applicable might be present. No major parts are missing, but the wheels could differ from the originals or another non-stock additions might be present. A number four vehicle can, can also be a deteriorated restoration. Fair is the one word that describes a number four vehicle. The bullet Mustang falls off of the Haggerty chart <laughs> and is a number five car. There is no way anyone would call it in fair condition. Currently, the average value for an everyday 1968 390 GT Mustang fastback with a factory four speed, which adds 10%, is for number one condition about $96,000, number two condition $79,310, number three condition around $61,000, and number four condition $43,000. I place the value of the Bullet Mustang without its movie Providence or the Steve McQueen ownership at $35,000. So you want to keep this in mind for when I factor in the McQueen multiplier in a minute. So a bit of good news, the 1968 Mustangs are up Overall, 5% from January to September of 2019, which goes against overall muscle car trends. A little bit of good news there. Now it is time to review the top-selling Mustangs and Shelbys of all time. The top-selling Mustangs are a 1969 Boss 302 Trans Am Racer that sold for $750,000 in 2016. And then we have three Boss 429s. A 69 Boss 429 sold for $588,500 in 2016. And then we had two different Boss 429 sell for $550,000. One sold in 2015 and one sold in 2016. And the last one I'll mention is a 1964 Ford Mustang Shorty prototype that sold for over $511,000 in 2015. So this is one that was, it's a fastback maroon. It was basically turned into a two-seater. They took out the back seat. They shortened the wheelbase. Really weird looking but it sold for over $500,000 because it was a factory prototype. Far as the Boss 429s, they were down 12% from their May 2017 peak. And the top selling Shelbys are a 1967 Shelby GT500 Super Snake that sold for $1.3 million in 2013 and then $2.2 million in 2019. This is the same car. They only made one which was an increase of 69% in six years. This is significant as I think this is a pretty decent comp for the Bullet Mustang. The original 1967 Eleanor Shelby GT500 from Gone in 60 Seconds sold for a million dollars a few years ago. Now that was one of 11 cars, so not nearly as rare as the Bullet Mustang. And then one of four 1966 Shelby Mustang GT350 convertibles sold for $742,000 in 2017. This is a really cool car. It was the red one, AC four-speed convertible. They only made four. 
I saw the yellow one in the early 90s down in Pensacola, where I think it still resides. This is interesting information, but not much that will help us evaluating the price of the Bullet Mustang. So as I mentioned before, the closest would be the Super Snake. It is a one-of-one one with strong provenance and unrestored. The difference here is that it is a factory car. It's the only 427 engine Mustang or Shelby ever built. It's in much better shape. And in my mind, it's the best-looking Shelby from the 60s. The fact that it almost doubled in price in six years speaks to the desire of collectors wanting automotive unicorns as the centerpiece of their collection. The Bullet Mustang would be one of these. So now it's time to review recent movie cars. Now these are ones that have sold recently and compare them to their non-celebrity counterparts. Now if you go to my website, go to my blog, you'll see I've listed 25 movie cars. I'm only going to pick eight of them to review that I think are more applicable to the Bullet Mustang. Now this will come up, I'll come up with a movie multiplier to kind of go along with the Steve McQueen multiplier. So the first one is the iconic 1966 Batmobile designed by George Barris. This one sold for $4.6 million. This is a pop culture show and a fantastic car. It's just a beautiful, awesome car. Now, if you look at it up close, it's pretty interesting how rough they were with the pinstripe. And it looks like they put it on blindly with a big house paintbrush or something. It's kind of crazy. So I didn't have a base car for this, but I basically made the base multiplier on a $100,000 replicar. So when you do that, the movie multiplier is 46X. The next car, actually two cars, are two 1964 Aston Martin DB5s that are from the James Bond movies, Goldfinger and Thunderball. These sold for around $4.6 million, uh, two different years. Um, it's interesting. I based this against a factory-built DB5 in number one condition, which is worth about $1.45 million. So the movie multiplier on these would be 3.2x. The next one's a 1970 Porsche 911S from a Steve McQueen movie, Le Mans. And that sold for $1.3 million. So this is a great car in an average movie. I based a multiplier on a 911S in number one condition, which is worth $72,000. So the movie multiplier on this one is one point, I'm sorry, 19.1X. So that's a big multiplier there. The next one's a 1967 Shelby Mustang GT500 from Gone in 60 Seconds. That one sold for $1 million. That was originally a base Fastback Mustang. It wasn't a Shelby, thankfully, that they modified for the movie. Uh, so I'm going to base the multiplier on an actual Shelby, 1967 Shelby GT500 in number one condition. That's worth $274,000. So that movie multiplier is 3.6x. That was a great car and an okay movie. The next one's a 1969 Dodge Charger Daytona from Joe Dirt that sold for $900,000 and was actually bought by the actor that played Joe Dirt. Now, this is a great car and a really bad movie. I've never actually seen the movie, but when I looked up the critic score on IMBD, it only got 20 out of 100. So the critics thought it was a horrible movie. So I based a multiplier on a 1969 Charger in number one condition, which is worth $236,000. So the movie multiplier is 3.8x. Two more to go. The next one's the DeLorean DMC-12 from Back to the Future movies. It sold for $541,000. So that's a great-looking car that was underpowered and underdeveloped, but in a great movie series. So I based a multiplier on an original DeLorean in number one condition, which was about $43,000. So the movie multiplier is 12.5x. That's a pretty big one. And the last one is Burt Reynolds' 1978 Pontiac Firebird Trans Am from Smokey and the Bandit. It sold for $450,000. This is, again, iconic but underpowered car in a decent, I guess, okay movie. 
And I based a multiplier on a 1978 Trans Am in number one condition, and that's worth about $36,000. So the movie multiplier, again, is pretty big, 12.6x. So if you combine all these cars, the movie multiplier is only 4.9x, just a little bit under five. Now, if we base the bullet Mustang on this multiplier, if we took the 35 grand for a base Mustang, applied the movie multiplier, it would sell for $172,710.39. Now, this is not going to happen. Definitely, the bullet Mustang is going to sell in the millions, not in the couple hundred thousands. So this one does not work. So now we're going to check out the Steve McQueen multiplier. Over his career, McQueen owned many collector cars, and I've tracked down 25 of them. It's been pretty tough. Some of these were cars in the movies he was filming, and he liked them so much that he purchased them once filming was complete. He also owned a lot of motorcycles, but this is called the Collector Car Podcast, so I will not review those. To calculate the McQueen multiplier, I will only use the cars that were sold at a public auction and calculate the hammer price against the value of the car at the time of the auction. I will use Haggerty's valuation guide and condition rating, and thankfully, they go back to 2006. So I, I have the data. The first 13 cars I will list are ones from his collection that are not part of the multiplier, as they have either never sold at auction or there are no comps for comparison. These 13 cars are a custom 1904 Winton Flyer built by Von Dutch, a 1956 Jaguar XKSS, historic, awesome, famous car, nicknamed the Green Rat. Uh, he changed this, He changed a lot of his car's color combinations. So this one was changed from an off-white exterior with red interior to British racing green with black interior. I wish it was back to the original. This car has never been sold at public auction, and it is currently owned by the Peterson Museum. A couple years ago, Jay Leno drove us. If you go to his Big Dog Garage channel, uh, you can watch him drive it and talk about this particular car. So everyday XKSSs are worth 14 to 15 million, as as there's only, I think, 12 of them. And McQueen's is estimated around $30 million. The next one I'll talk about is a 1958 Porsche 1600 Super Speedster. I'm a big fan of Spike's car and his radio co-host, the real Zuckerman, owns the twin of this one as it's the consecutive serial number came off the line either right ahead of this or right after this one with identical colors and options, but he actually wrecked his and it's been uh, restored. So it has a, had a pretty big wreck. This one is currently owned by Steve McQueen's son, Chad, and a little bit of neat history. Uh, Bruce Myers, he's on the board of directors for the Peterson Museum, helped get the Peterson Museum up and running. Iconic car guy. He had owned it, and I think he sold it back to Steve, and there's a picture of the two of them in the late 70s, which is kind of cool. The next one I'll talk about is a 1959 Lotus 11. There's no record of it ever being sold at auction or its current location. The next one's a 1961 Cooper T56 Mark II. This one was raced successfully by Steve McQueen in California in 1962. Currently, it is a part of the Canapa Museum, and it's for sale. So this is one of two of McQueen's cars that is either currently for sale or will be coming up for sale soon. The next one's a 1962 Austin Healey Sebring Sprite. This one was destroyed while it was parked by a racetrack. So apparently Steve McQueen parked it by a racetrack. Someone who was racing lost control, flew off the racetrack, and totaled his car. There's also rumors that Steve McQueen owned the 1963 Shelby 289 AC Cobra, but I found out that's not probably not even true. So someone named Ian Allison verified with the Cobra Registry, and I'm quoting him here. 
He says, an amusing but true fact is that Steve McQueen never actually owned a Cobra. Carroll Shelby did lend him one for a period of time, and that car was CSX 2174. So there's some pretty iconic pictures that float around. I'm using the word iconic a lot in this podcast. Oh, well, it makes sense. It shows Steve McQueen next to Carroll Shelby in front of the Cobra, so that's why folks thought that he actually owned one. Uh, the next one's a 1967 Baja Boot. This is one that was built specifically for off-road racing. Steve had it built, has a Chevy power, 450 horsepower Chevy engine in it, space frame construction, four-wheel drive, independent suspension. And this one sold in 2008 for almost $200,000. Jim Glickenhaus, who's famous in the car world, he probably bought it. And he just recently launched, as far as, as recent as 2019, his own version of the Baja boot for today. And I think he's making 25 or I don't know how many he's making, but if you Google it, you'll see them. They're pretty cool looking. The next one's a 1967 Mini Cooper S. This one's MIA. I thought it was kind of ugly. The colors were changed to brown with a tan top. The next one's a 1967 Ferrari 275 GTB4 Nart Spider. So this is one of 10 that were built and one of the $30 million cars if he still had it. Uh, this is one that he owned briefly, not very long. He actually drove one in the Thomas Crown Affair movie, which I need to see, actually. And uh, like I said, there's only 10 built. And uh, he did, only owned it for maybe six months or eight months. It was Blue Sarah with black trim. The next one's a 1967 Confair Myers Manx Dune Buggy. This one was from the Thomas Crown Affair movie. And that one is coming up for sale at Amelia Island this March. So if you... Uh, you want to buy a steve mcqueen car this is probably the most financially reasonable one out there next is a 1969 porsche 908-2 flunder spider i did find that this one sold for 2.7 million a couple years ago but i didn't have any comps for it this is one that he raced then a 1971 porsche 911t this one failed to sell at sell at a christie's auction in 2015 uh, the estimate was $275,000 to $385,000. And then the last one, which he never really owned, but it's really iconic. It's a 1970 Porsche 917. This one was used as a test car for Le Mans before coming the star car in the movie that Steve filmed. And then afterwards, it was in a barn for like two decades, and it was sold for $14 million. So that's probably the most iconic car that he's tied to. But I don't believe he ever actually owned it. Now we're going to go into the 12 cars that he did own that were sold at auction that I compared to the values at the time to come up with the McQueen multiplier. And I'm going to go from the oldest to the newest. The first one's a 1950 Hudson Commodore 6 convertible, one of only 700 built. This one is supposedly only 23,000 miles on it. It wasn't in the best of conditions. Uh, put it at a condition four. It sold in Bonhams uh, in 2015. So the Haggerty value was $32,800. The hammer price was $98,000, meaning the McQueen multiplier is 3x. Next is a 1951 Chevrolet Styline Deluxe Convertible. This car is from The Hunter, which was the last movie that Steve McQueen made. It's been sold numerous times. It was sold in 1984, 2013, 2018, and it was on the Pawn Star TV show twice purchased and sold on that show. Uh, in 2018, it was sold at a Bear Jackson auction, condition three, Haggerty values around $33,000. It sold for 126.5. So the McQueen multiplier is 3.8X. Next is a 1952 Hudson Watts two-door sedan. 
It sold back in 2012 for 61K by RM Sotheby's, and then RM Sotheby's sold it again in 2019 uh, for $165,000, and the Haggerty value was 25,600, so the movie multiplier is 6.4X. Now, apparently, McQueen also owned two other Hudsons that I could not find any more information on. Next is a 1952 Chevrolet 3800 pickup with camper. This one's known as the Dust Tight, but I don't know why. And this is uh, per Barrett Jackson's description when it was auctioned off in 2016. This truck's significance takes on great, greater historic importance as it was the last vehicle to take McQueen from his Santa Paula home to the Ventura County Airport in November of 1980 to embark on his journey to Mexico for what would be his final cancer surgery. Accompanying him in the camper was the Reverend Billy Graham. So that's very interesting. So I call this a condition four. Haggerty value is $11,000. It sold for $60,500. So that's a multiplier of 5.5X. Next is a 1968 GMC pickup truck. This was one of his favorites. It was auctioned off in 2012 by Bonhams. I call this a condition four, only worth about $3,600, but it sold for $92,000. So this was probably the biggest multiplier of 25.6X. And then I had the 1964 Ferrari 250 GT Lusso auctioned in Christie's in 2007, condition two. Haggerty value was $450,000 and it sold for 2.3 mil with a multiplier of 5.1x. And the next is a 1967 Ferrari 275 GTB4. This one was delivered new to Steve McQueen on the set of Bullet, which is pretty cool. Um, it was restored to McQueen's original specifications with no flaws noted. So this is a condition one. It was auctioned at RM Sotheby's by RM Sotheby's in 2014. The Haggerty value was 2.2 mil. It sold for over $10 million. So the McQueen multiplier is 4.5X. Next is a 1967 Rolls-Royce Silver Shadow from the Thomas Crown Affair. Now, I really got to see that movie. A lot of cool cars in it. This one was auctioned off in 2006 by Bonhams. I put it as a condition number two. The value was 22.5 on it, and it sold for 70,000. So it was a multiplier of 3.1. The next one is a very cool car. I used to have this model of this car when I was young. A 1968 Ford GT40 Golf Mirage car. It was the first one of the famed Golf Wire Partnership. The first one to have those nice, cool color combinations. And it was first of the three lightweight production GT40s, one of two surviving. Uh, let's see. It was used as a camera car when Steve McQueen was filming Le Mans, and it was auctioned off by RM Sotheby's in 2012. It was worth 2.5 mil, and it sold for $11 million. The multiplier is 4.3, and I think that car is local to Cincinnati, so I hope to see it soon. The next one is a 1970 Porsche 911 S per sports car market, delivered new to Steve McQueen on the set of Le Mans, for its personal use, featured in first three minutes of the film. Highly optioned, including air, comfort group, blah, blah, blah. Let's see. Possibly the best-known non-racing 911S. So it was auctioned by RM Sotheby's in 2011, condition 2, Haggerty value of $72,000. It sold for almost 1.4 mil. Again, another big McQueen multiplier of 19.1x. Two more. 1972 Mercedes-Benz 300 SEL 6.3. For some reason, Haggerty only had the SEL in 1971 in their database, as a 1971 in their database. Not quite sure why. I would put it at 2 minus condition. Actually, that's per SCM. Kino Brothers auctioned it off in 2015. 
Haggerty value was just under 40 grand, and it was a no sale with a high bid of $375,000 with a McQueen multiplier of 9.4. So that tells me they should have taken the money. And the last one's a 1976 Porsche 930 Turbo. Per sports car market, the simple math, good early Porsches, 930s are 145K, bought new by Steve McQueen equals 2 million bucks. It may not be the right answer for a lot of folks, but it was the truth here, although a portion of the proceeds went to Steve's reform school alma mater. So this was auctioned off in 2015 by Mecham. Uh, number two condition, the Haggerty value at the time was $138,000, and it sold for almost $2.2 million. The McQueen multiplier was 15.5x. So now I've always heard, and you heard it earlier in this podcast, that the McQueen multiplier was 10 to 15 times the fair market value for the car. But that's actually not correct. So based on the actual numbers of these 12 cars, the McQueen multiplier is only 4.97, which is really interesting because the movie multiplier was only like 4.9. So based on this, we can do some quick math and multiply this by the average value of a number five condition Mustang Fastback, which I think I said was 35 grand, and that would equal $174,068.47. And again, that is not going to happen. So I find it really interesting that the McQueen and the movie multipliers were almost exactly the same, which is kind of crazy. So why are these multipliers not applicable to the Bullet Mustang? This is an easy answer. None of these cars had the what I call the bullet effect. So items from the movie have a track record for selling for astronomical amounts. So I have just a few examples here. McQueen's movie original movie script sold for $44,000. His personal sunglasses that were worth about 25 bucks at the time sold for over $70,000 and his brown tweed sports coat from the movie sold for over 100 or sold for $120,000. So I realized I needed to look elsewhere for comps to help me come up with a realistic number for the Bullet Mustang. So I decided to look at a few iconic items that have sold recently. So the first two are cars. As I mentioned before, the Batmobile earlier, I think that was a good comp. You can also put in the Shelby Super Snake. That, that's a good comp. And then another one that sold last year, a 1935 Duesenberg SSJ, formerly owned by actor Gary Cooper, sold for $22 million at the Gooding & Company Pebble Beach sale setting a record for the most expensive pre-war car at auction. It also became the most expensive American car sold. These typically sell for $1.3 to $1.6 million with the highest sale price ever at $3.6 million in 2015. So if you put the base SJ at $1.3 million, this multiplier at the $22 million sale price is 16.9x. Now three other things I'd like to mention, they're actually watches. These are iconic watches that sold recently. Marlon Brando's Rolex recently sold a couple weeks ago for almost $2 million. This was kind of a junky Bitza watch, and it was only worth about $4,500. So that multiplier is over 400x. The next one is Jack Nicholas sold his Rolex for $1.2 million. A non-Nicholas watch of the same era was only worth about $12,000. So the multiplier on that one is over 100x. And the big one here is the Paul Newman's Rolex sold for $17 million a few years ago. A non-Newman watch of the same era and model is worth about ten grand. So the multiplier on that one was almost 2,000x, about 1,800x, which is just really crazy. I think this is a little bit more in line with what we'll see with the Bullet Mustang. If you just apply the iconic multiplier, which is 33.3x, the Bullet Mustang will sell for one point, almost $1.2 million. But that's still not right. So what do all of this data not factor? 
It doesn't factor the disposable income of prospective buyers. The Bullet movie was released in 1968, and this Mustang became the icon of every teen and preteen. Today, those kids are in the prime of their disposable income lives. They are retired empty nesters who are enjoying their post-career lifestyle and want to have fun. This is their moment to get the jewel for their collection, and they will bid up for it. Because of this, I am combining the McQueen and iconic multipliers, and this estimates the final hammer price for the Bullet Mustang at $5.76 million. And to be on the safe side, I'm going to slide this down just a little bit to $5.6 million, including all buyer's fees. This is still a 160x multiplier that will break all of the records. It will be the most expensive Mustang ever sold at auction and have the highest McQueen or movie multiplier ever. This is an unrepeatable event, and you can join me in two weeks on my thoughts on the results and how close or how far off I was in my guess. Either I will be celebrating or I will be crying. Until then, keep your tires straight, your foot on the gas, and eyes on the road. Thanks for listening to the Collector Car Podcast. Don't forget to give us a nice rating on iTunes, and be sure to follow us on Instagram and everywhere else at the Collector Car Podcast.